Good afternoon. Welcome back to Faith FM. You have tuned into The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapa, where we talk about biblical wisdom and stuff like that. And stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how it translates into real life, but sometimes it does feel like stuff like that. That's right. So today, what stuff like that are we talking about? We're talking about growing and changing and stuff like that. And stuff like that. (laughs) Growing and changing and the fact that we as human beings will grow and we will change even while we are married and we might not always grow and change in a way that our spouse appreciates. Mm. Can you believe it? Mm. Um, The thing for me, the thing that really made this like something I wanted to talk about is I had echoing in my brain this statement all the way back from our own wedding Mm. where Pastor Justin Lawman, who married us, said these words, As you grow and you change, and you will still continue. I can't remember the next bit. I think it was love each other well or something like that. But it was that idea of that you will grow, you will change, but you still will be married. So, you remember Justin saying, and you will. Like, you remember that? Like, yeah, wow. I don't remember that at all. Like, I'm drawing a blank on that. But I'm glad you were listening. And if Justin's listening to us right now, I'm sorry, Justin, because I love and appreciate you and I want to affirm you. And you did a great job of our wedding, but I really don't remember that you said that. But one of us did. So, that's great yeah, news. Yeah, I remember that. And now I say it when I marry people as Do well. Do you? Because so, yeah, I think it's a cool thing oh, to say. you're a cool Because right it's a realistic thing. That we do grow, we do change. The person that you marry when you're a sweet young twenty something year old might be a quite different human to that you're married to when they are forty or fifty or once they've gone through losing a job or once they've developed some weird views on things that you didn't expect them to develop and all sorts of stuff like that. How do you mm. still have a strong and awesome marriage in that scenario? Yeah. So today we're talking about growing and changing in marriage, what that can look like. And what to do about it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we got married, how old were you? I had, I was just 26. That's right. It was your birthday that week. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, every year our anniversary is in the same week as Chuppa's birthday. So presents is real hard. And it's also the same month as Christmas. That's right. So it's like a triple banger for you. Yeah. Um, and I was 25 and we hadn't had careers yet. We hadn't had a family yet. We hadn't dealt with one another's families in the same way that we have since now. And it's, yeah, it's a big deal. There's a lot that happens. That's right. Yeah. So differences, are they deal breakers? Well, look, let, let me be honest. So, you know how I said that those words were echoing in my brain? I'll tell you what prompted that memory. Okay. It was a meme that I saw and the meme said, after turning 35, men must make a decision to either get really interested in World War II history or really interested in smoking different kinds of meat, like, you know, <laughs> making jerky and stuff like that. Now, not that I'm endorsing either of those two things. That isn't my point. But the idea is that something happens at that mid-30 level in a man's life where they all of a sudden develop interests that they had no interest in previously. Yeah. There is a change that takes place. Yeah. So, midlife. Yeah. Which is basically the grappling with your existence and who am I and I'm not young anymore and I've, I've done all this stuff but am I happy and what does that mean for me and what do I want to do with the rest of my life because mortality seems more real oh. because all of a sudden my back hurts and it didn't used to and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, look, we, <laughs> you've just recently turned 37. Yes. And I'm 37 as well and it's at this age where you really you, – it is a time of crisis almost. Like I don't like to think of myself as a middle-aged person. I still think I'm in my <laughs> – 
late twenties and I can do all this sort of stuff, but I can't because everything hurts. And I think I've got arthritis and like, I can't get up and down quickly anymore. And you feel it in the morning when you wake up. Yeah. It's different than when you were a youth, isn't it? That's right. (laughs) But we're not just talking about the ways that our bodies deplete and become decrepit and change. We're talking about the things that we are interested in and maybe some of our staunch views on certain things. So, Mm. yeah. So you and I have really different interests. We always have. Um, Whenever it's your birthday, I have to do a lot of research or ask a friend who knows stuff about guitars and drums and fishing because it's totally beyond me and it's quite expensive hobbies that you're really invested in that I really don't get. But I'm learning a few things so that I can have an idea because it's important to you, but it's not important to me like at all. If drums and guitars and fishing weren't in my life, I'd be okay. You would not be okay. (laughs) And so, like, some couples really have really the same hobbies and and interests and stuff like that, but you and I never have. So, that's something that I can't really. Yeah, like, I know some couples that are like, they're both awesome rock climbers and they they love going and I don't even know the terms, getting a sweet hang off a off a ledge together. I don't know. Like, you know, that's their thing. Or like, we've got some friends who are both like super into fitness and bodybuilding and they have a gym at their house and they, they, that's their thing that they do together. We've never had that thing. I guess our thing is that we have intense discussions about like theological matters and like, (laughs) like, it's all, it's always some, uh, satirical or, uh, eschatological discussion that we're having that might be our thing, I suppose. Yeah, Bible nerd stuff. Bible like, nerd I, stuff. I, get, I find something in the Bible and I'm like, oh, did you know this? Or I'm about to preach a sermon and I run ideas by you, which maybe not everyone can do that with their spouse. So, that's where we cross over in our <laughs> yeah. hobbies but other than that, we don't have any other shared <laughs> hobbies and interests except for maybe some of the same like TV shows that we like, and that's about it. Um, But lots of people do. There's another area, another whole big area that has become a really, really big issue, particularly lately, and that's political views. In recent times, more so. I think it's always been there, and it's always been an issue, because here's the reality. When you're in your early 20s, and look, I'm speaking broadly here, so you might be in your early 20s listening now, and you might be a hardcore politician and whatever, you know, but I'm saying for a lot of people, that I went to college with and speaking of myself, I didn't know much about politics in my early 20s. I couldn't care less. It just wasn't on my radar. It was all about, like, getting your study done and having a good time. Like, oh, yeah. Remember remember when I taught, like, I had to teach you about, like, what it means when you vote and how it works? Because yeah. you were just like, I don't know, I just, oh, okay. I just make up something and I vote for the fishing party because it looks cool. And That's you, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. That's or right. I'd vote, I'd draw an extra box and vote for my friends and stuff like that because it's like, who cares? Leaked. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Um, but then all of a sudden you develop these views and you're like, no, I actually care about what's happening with our country. I actually care about these policies that people hold. And I actually really believe in that position that this group of people are championing. And what if that is different to other people? Mm. What is that? What if that is different to my spouse? And we are sort of going in different ways. And this has become really, really massive over the last few years. So when you Google, if you type into Google, you know how Google has a, um, what is it? A suggestions? Suggestions. When you start typing a, yeah, a word. Auto, yeah, com- yeah. Autocomplete. That's Whereas right. you start typing a phrase and it completes the rest of it. So, I started typing couples with different and then the next words that it, the first suggestion for autocomplete was COVID views. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, people, are, a lot of people are Googling. What do we do? Because we're in a relationship, but we have different views on what is currently happening with in this the world global, around pan- us, yeah. global pandemic. Yeah. Mm. So that's one. The fourth one down, 
just from there, like, so another, you know, three down below that was um, couples with different political views. Mm. And there were so many articles that have been written in different, you know, newspapers and magazines and online resources and stuff like that, how to love someone with different political views. Um, can couples with different political views and values even work? Um, what to do if your partner has different political views than you? How do you cope when there's different political views in your relationship? And there was this long, long list of all of these articles. Guess when they were written? Mm. Recently? All of them, either... 2020 or 2021 because because all of a sudden we've seen this massive growth in political tension that maybe we haven't seen for a long time Mm -hmm. and there's people what do i do because my partner isn't black lives matter and i am or what do i do because my partner is trump and i'm biden and, and you know all this kind of stuff that's becoming a big deal um in 2020 uh no sorry in 2016 just after trump got elected president yeah out of all of the couples that broke up in that whole year, 10% of them were surveyed, said that the reason was because of what was happening politically. 10%. I know this is an American context, That's but- That's huge, though. Still, and for I, some reason, American politics keeps invading Australia. So Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's the thing is that it's it's quite divisive. It's very black and white. It's very us and them at the moment that's over right. a lot of political stuff and a lot of worldwide stuff as well. And we have access- to information in a way that we never did in the past as well. So there's things that are coming into your life and into your headspace. And maybe even like you're scrolling on your phone, you're, you're interacting with all of this information that your partner isn't as well because they have different habits or they're looking at different stuff because everybody's phone is individual to them as well. So yeah, yeah like we have access to things that are polarizing us. And that can come into our marriage. That's right. Yeah. So this is something, and and look, I'm not a political expert. I'm. It's not an interest in mine. I'm. I love the gospel, and that's where I focus my attention on, and making sure that people hear about that, not about some certain position that you should take on a certain political issue. But I also believe in strong, healthy marriages, mm. and this is something that it's ruining people's it's marriages. Ruining people's marriages. One because, in ten, did you say? Uh, of all breakups in that year, and that was 2016. Yeah, and then. That we haven't got results yet from this most recent change in power, but it's been huge as well. Wow. To the point where couples are spiff, like when they meet someone, like back in the day, the questions were, um, are they a smoker or not? And things like that. Like, would I date that person? Now it's, uh, are you pro Biden or pro Trump? Are the sort of things that wow. people are asking each other before they even date. So, um, it's something that's invading the relationship space. And how do we? have a strong marriage even though we might have different views and we might change in ways that we hadn't before yeah. we're going to talk more about this but we need to take a break right now i will build my house where the stone won't drive on a rock that does not move i will set my hope in your love oh lord in your faithfulness will prove you are Secure as you leave me with your life, 
Sarissa and Danny, your hosts for Looking Up. Join us every Wednesday between 3.30 and 5.30 for our live show. We cover current news and how it relates to Bible prophecy. We'd love to have your company and interaction, so set your alarm and put it in your calendar. We will catch up then. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to Bethany and Chapo, and this is The Marriage Project, where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. Today, we're talking about growing and changing in marriage, what it looks like and what to do about it. And we've been talking about differences. Are our differences deal breakers when it comes to our marriage? And Chapo has been looking into some interesting stuff recently that's been saying, yeah, for some people, it is a deal breaker if my partner believes something different to me, especially in the last couple of years where politics has really divided people. People are saying, well, I can't live in the same house as you if you believe something different yeah, to me, which is huge. It is huge. Um, we're not talking about differences that are already present at the start of your relationship. Because when you're dating, you can choose the kind of person you want to be with. That's you know? true. Yeah, you, you have like, a list. You do. You have, I had a list. Um, it was a fancy list. It was a fancy <laughs> list and, and um, it was a bit of a ridiculous list. Because yeah. it was just unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things was must play the violin, and I don't, just in case you wondered. I, I broke the list on Chapo. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I wanted a brunette and all this stuff, and- yeah. How could yeah, I? What a stupid list. But anyway, <laughs> um, but when you, you know, when you date, you can have your list because there's no rules about, about that. You know, you can be selective if you want to. It's up to you. You might end up single for your whole life because your expectations are insane, but <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? But you should, you should be selective in dating as well. You should be like, okay, well, this is a deal breaker for me and this is not like, and to go, you know, if that person thinks this or does this, that's not okay oh, with me. Like, that's absolutely, definitely absolutely. But something the, you should do in dating. You know, like, but, but I'm talking about more silly stuff. Like, I hate bananas, can't stand the smell <laughs> of them, but you eat them. It's not like I was ever going to not date you because you ate bananas. See, that's that's kind of – I'm more getting it yeah. low level. I 
values and and things that you believe are important. Totally different issue. But then the bananas has become more of an issue living in the same household than it was when we were dating. Yeah. Because eating them was never affected you when we didn't live together. But now it affects you. <laughs> That's right. But the point is, it's not that stuff. It's the stuff that you thought you were perfectly matched mm. when you got married 15 years ago. And now all of a sudden, this person starts to believe in this and starts to value this. And now they yeah. like watching that. And, all and so the, you, yeah. you look at your partner and you go, you've you've changed. You're not the person that I married. Yep. And that shocks you and saddens you, confuses you or discourages you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, also like in our, within our marriage, we've seen smartphones take over the world. Because mm. when we got married, we had those junky Nokia's, <laughs> the, the first phone with the GPS on it that never worked properly and stuff like that. And I'm just laughing because I remember that time we got real lost because the GPS is so bad on that phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We ended up taking this on Wiseman's Ferry instead of the freeway. Yeah. But that, that the phones that we had when we got married yeah. uh, what, nearly 12 years ago, and we've seen- that's something that's changed the world and changed the way that we process information, how readily we receive information. And and we can listen to podcasts now and hear stuff that we never would have heard before. Yeah. And we find it with each other. We are changing. Like we are all of a sudden interested in different things and have different ideas about how we should raise the kids or discipline the kids or stuff like that. We have all these different opinions because all of a sudden there's more information flooding in than we had before. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. What, yeah. Yeah. Another one is different faiths. Like maybe you were both Christians when you got married and then your spouse decides, uh, you know, I've, I've decided it's not for me. Or the other way around, maybe you both were nothing and then one of you is like, actually, I've found this God thing and it's changing my life and I'm really committed to it. And the other person's like, hang on a minute, I thought you were going to watch TV with me. And they're like, no, I'm going to go to church or I'm going to go to Bible study. Like that's a big deal as well. Certainly. Yeah, that's yeah, a huge one. Absolutely. So there's, there's normal periods of growth in the just development stages of life. But then there's also changes that happen that aren't part of those normal periods of growth. But both of them can really trouble us as a couple and really shake the foundations of what you're going through as a couple. So do we need to go to a break or do we have time to oh, talk about something? Plenty of time. Okay, cool, because I never know when the breaks are because my brain doesn't <laughs> do time very well. Okay, so there's something called homeostasis, and it's a new word that I've been learning about in one of my subjects at college. And homeostasis basically means like a balanced state or a state of equilibrium okay. where things – it's sort of like your level of normal, right? And in a relationship, you have a level of normal. And you think to yourself, okay, well, what's our level of normal? What's our level of comfortable? Now, you might – I'm going to ask you this one, Trevor. You might have seen the level of comfort change when you've been working as a church pastor and somebody's decided, hey, instead of doing this at 11 o'clock, we're going to do it at 10 o'clock instead. Or, hey, we really need some new carpet. Let's form a committee. How does that usually go? Oh, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people get so attached to the way things are. I even look. I was even having a conversation with an older gentleman once about um, there had recently been a church in our area who had flipped from having a morning service to an afternoon service, and this older gentleman was quite perplexed about what was happening. And I said, well, why is that a problem for you? He said, well, they're just doing church when they want to do it, not when God wants them to do it. And I was just like, hmm, okay, that's an interesting position to have. Um, but we get so attached to the way things are, and particularly in church land, yeah. that we um, think that there's some bigger thing at play. That well, that's, it's, that's it's really almost, interesting. Yeah, yeah labelling the way things are or what's normal or what's acceptable as being- Orthodox. 
Yeah, more faithful. More faithful. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, um, basically homeostasis is this period of, of being normal or feeling normal. And then when something changes, you get out of whack. You get out of balance. So a great example of that is a new baby. A couple love each other very much. They spend a lot of time with each other. They've been through the honeymoon stage. Life is going great. They figured out how to make work and chores and running a household together work. And then all of a sudden they bring a new baby home. Oh, it changes everything. It's like dropping a bomb into your household. Like they're so small and yet they change everything about you as a couple, about the way your house works, about the way your life works, about how easy it is to get in the car and go to the shops. Like, yeah, (laughs) but particularly about the way you interact as a couple. Huge. Because like I I can remember our – I vaguely remember our life before children. Like it's going (laughs) a while back. But, you know, physical touch was something that was much more normal and frequent, you know, just, just, you know, playful – physical touch, whereas all of a sudden you have been touched to your limit because there is always a child grabbing at you and touching you and needing you to touch them and stuff like that, and your touch quota is used up. And so there's so many things that – and doesn't matter how much I want to change that, we've got a baby now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, and that's it. Like you've literally got this physical wedge in between you that's this other person with needs that needs to be invested in. And suddenly the resources that you once had to give to the other person is now spent on an additional person. That's You've right. got to figure out, well, how do I balance that? How does that work? So it's like, well, I can't do this anymore because I have to do X, Y, and Z. And that's what the new baby is a really good example of So that. what are some other things? So new baby, that's a big one. Yeah. What else? Um, teenagers. So as your, when your kids are little, when they're growing up, everything like – you have power and influence over them and their world, who their friends are, what they do, where they go. They become teenagers. What happens? They want their own autonomy. They want independence. All of a sudden, you're not in control as much. Which is normal, which you want that because you want your children to become adults. But in that phase of transitioning (laughs) between- Yeah. Yeah. And so you do everything that you can to, to grab them and to bring them back into your power and control and your- your system of family because suddenly they're not doing the things that you want them to do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Um, What about work? What about when somebody gets a promotion at work? What about when mum hasn't been working for a couple of years and then she goes back to work after taking time off with the kids? What about when somebody goes from part-time to full-time at work or when somebody loses their job? Or the other way. Like when you took maternity leave and all of a sudden we didn't have your income anymore and – it was really hard. Yeah. We couldn't live like we used to live anymore. <laughs> yeah. So work changes and and like especially at the moment like people are going through some lockdowns and some changes. People have been laid off at work. Somebody who wasn't the breadwinner before might be the breadwinner now because they can work and the other person can't as yep. well. So and then that changes like or if this person's at work, then that means that person's left to do the dishes. But then that person's like, well, I didn't used to do the dishes and why should I have to do the dishes? And the other person's like, well, I always- to go back to how it used to be. Yeah. Why can't we just go back to the way it was before (laughs) things got broken when it was still good? Let's go back to that. Um, We've got a few more periods of growth that we can talk about, but we do need to take a quick quick break. Yep. So stick with us here on Faith FM. We'll be back very soon. Hi there. It's Robbie from The Faith Experiment. 
one of the many presenters here on Faith FM. Hey, did you know that running a radio station is really expensive? Here at Faith FM, we're grateful for the enormous amount of volunteer help that we get. It really helps keep our costs down. But even with all the help of our volunteers, and with the small amount of grant funding we do receive, we still need to raise $700 a day to keep Faith FM not just on air, but growing. This is why we've started our partnering opportunity for you to get involved to help us here at Faith FM. We call it the Dollar a Day Partnership. All you have to do is visit faithfm.com.au slash donate and join in by clicking a dollar a day. And then we can continue creating new and engaging content and keep reaching Australia with the life-changing, everlasting gospel. By joining the Dollar a Day Partnership, you join our team. You'll get regular updates about what's happening around the network. You'll get exclusive listener stories and you'll even get access to members-only content and deals. So thank you for partnering with us and let's reach Australia together. Visit faithfm.com.au slash donate to join the Dollar a Day Partnership. You are tuned into The Marriage Project. You're here with Chapo and Bethany, and we have been talking about growing and changing. And most recently, we've been discussing the idea of homeostasis. Oh, good work. Yeah. And the things that are times, periods of growth, the things that make us change and affect our relationship. Um, yeah, they throw us out of whack. They, they throw sort us of out of whack. throw us out of balance. Homeostasis is that you want things to be the same. You want things to be level equal like yeah it's a state of balance and things unbalance you sometimes in life they derail your train and there's often a a level of resistance to that yeah that that we want to pull things back to the way they were when they were good yeah so whether they were better than when it got changed and wrecked that's right so whether or not the change is normal or whether or not the change is good or bad it feels bad, bad. because it's different. And that was my point. You. I wasn't yeah. actually saying that it was bad. The idea was that <laughs> all change feels bad yes. often because yep. it's messing with that homeostasis. Yeah, like even if it's an un- even if you're in an unhealthy place and you're moving somewhere positive, it feels bad. Yeah, because yeah. even if the change is positive, even yes. if one of the spouses is actually making some like really big commitments to getting their health on track. Yeah, but you're not. And then you all of a sudden feel bad because you're still like really unhealthy and just want to watch TV and eat chips and they're out there working out and going for runs. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, no, 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 let's go back to when we both did this together and you didn't make me feel guilty for doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the other thing as well is like one that's not a natural growth stage of life. We were talking about natural growth before um, is when a couple is doing their own self work. And one partner's like, I've been seeing a therapist. I've decided that you are walking all over me in this part of our life and in our marriage, and I don't want that to happen anymore. So because I feel resentful, because I'd like to make some changes, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And then the other person's like, no, it was working for me. Yeah. And then that that creates an unbalance because all of a sudden you're not doing the things the way that you were before. Gee, this is some heavy stuff. I'm all, I'm all, all of a sudden thinking that this probably should have been like a 10-part series. Because <laughs> like, there is a lot here. Yeah, it's huge. Because, yeah, and, and a lot of that stuff happens at certain times of life where you realise, hang on, like maybe you're having an existential crisis. Yeah, you reevaluate. Your 30s, you're just like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and yeah. you go and get some help. or Or it could be like, you know, as I'm thinking at the moment, just like, I am not in good shape and my kids are getting older and I don't want to miss time playing with them that I could have because I'm too tired. You know what I mean? And, and it's just like, wow. Like, but I wouldn't have thought that before when I was young. Yeah. Because it was just living in the moment and yes. enjoying life. But so what are some other times? So okay. we, we were talking about periods of growth, significant times of growth throughout your relationship. We said having a baby is like probably one of the biggest ones ever. Yeah. Going from having young children to teenagers. 
um, because they want to do their own thing and don't want to be controlled or told what to do. Yeah. Changes in work is a big one. Is yeah. there anything else? So, what about when the kids move out of home and become adults? That's huge for some couples because they realize, oh, it's just you and me now and it hasn't been you and me for 20 years. We better get a dog. Or we better get a divorce. Yeah. Some couples go, hey, I don't actually know the person that I'm married to anymore and I'm not doing it just because of the kids anymore. So, now that the kids are grown-ups, I don't have an attachment to you anymore. Yep. And that's really sad as well. And that's a place that a lot of couples have to, to navigate, to figure out yep. how do we find our way back to each other or are we too far apart that we couldn't find our way back to each other. And that's really sad. Yeah. And, of course, we're not endorsing that. It's no. something that should happen. I'm just saying that it's a that common it's thing that does it's happen. It's a common though. thing that does happen. So how yeah. can we sort of build a stronger fortress around that? Yeah, which I guess is why we, we – make these episodes is because we want to come here and to sit with you in your car, in your radio, wherever you are and talk about, hey, let's not get to that point where we're on the other side of this and we go, hey, this isn't working great for me, but let's think about what are the steps, what are the daily practices that I'm doing to love my spouse so that we're still close and we're not so far apart that we can't find our way back to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I can't help but repeat the same thing I feel like I say every time, but we spend so much money on our cars to keep them on the road. Like I just had to get my car registered this morning and it needed a service. It's going to need new tyres soon. But you don't expect to buy a car and never spend money on it. And Mm. it's just a car. Yeah. Your marriage, somehow we expect that we get married one day and then it'll just cruise along for the whole rest of its life without any hiccups or issues or need of attention or maintenance (laughs) or anything like that or investment of time or money. And it's just not true. Yeah. Invest in it so that it keeps on functioning well, doing what it's supposed to do. Prioritise it. Another thing as well, babe, is that like sometimes it can really take one part of the couple off guard when somebody says, I've been thinking about it for a while and I've decided I want a divorce. Because for one person, they haven't realized that they needed to be doing the work this whole time. And they've been like, well, I thought we were married. I thought that was a thing that we were. And I wasn't about to change that. But the other person saying, my needs aren't getting met. I'm not okay even though the other person's saying, but we're married. Yeah. Like you need, it's more than just saying we're married. It's more than just wearing your ring. It's showing up for the other person and meeting each other's needs every day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what can we do? Um, oh, I had another one. Oh, is there another yeah, one? Yeah, there's another one. All oh, right. Um, so after your kids leave home, your parents, and this can even happen before the kids leave home, but caring for aging parents can be one that really changes things for a couple as well mm. or adding grandkids to the mix as well. So you go from, again, being just the two of you together to adding another person who has needs into the mix, whether it's grandkids or whether it's aging parents. And aging parents can be a weird one because suddenly the person who wiped your butt, you're wiping their butt and you have to figure out, well, there's this power imbalance. There's this shift in the changes of like the person who bossed me around and told me what to do is helpless and I need to help them. And that's huge and scary as well. And the other thing is, do you change when you're around your family of origin? Oh, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's something you've got to be intentional not to do. Yeah, yeah, something like so. Once you're an adult and you move out of home, you develop your own life, you develop your own personality, and then once you're back under your parents' roof or back around your family again, like how do you change at Christmas? How weird are you at Christmas? How weird are things at Christmas? Do you like, get me out of here so I can go back to being an adult again? Or are you actually able to be yourself when you're around your family? That was something that was really hard for you and I. I remember 
the first time I took you home to be with my family and to meet my family. I remember it too. Um, I've always been the person that got bossed around the most in my family. I've always been the person who went along with what everybody else did to keep them happy. And then suddenly I've brought you home and you're with me going, hey, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. And then I've got another option that I didn't automatically just go along with what they said. And so then that's been really hard for them to go, you've changed, Bethany. You're different. You're not the person that you used to be. He's controlling you. (laughs) (laughs) And so then there was this, this change in dynamic. Because it wasn't the way that it used to be anymore. And so that was really challenging for us to figure out how to do that. And we've had to put some boundaries in place with my family that made them uncomfortable for the sake of our relationship, for the sake of our children once our kids came along. And, um, yeah, it's kind of strange. But it's also really important. But then if you've got your parents moving back in and you go back to that default, all of a sudden I'm a teenager again when I behave around my parents, how am I treating my spouse in that situation. Yep. Yeah. Excellent question. Last time I lived with mum and dad, I didn't have a spouse. So it was different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then yes. what can we do? What can we do? Okay. A big one is empathy. Empathy draws people together. Oh, I just banged the thing. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> can, can, you, can you explain empathy? And maybe can you talk about the difference between empathy and sympathy? Oh, I was going to say, you're good at that. Oh. So, <laughs> um, sympathy is where you look at somebody and you go, um, like you often, when you're say, having sympathy, like you can look at somebody and go, oh, they're sad. Yeah. But often when you have sympathy, you're looking down on them. So, people with sympathy might come along and be like, at least you've still got a car. At least you're married. At least you have a job. And there's a lot of at leasts with a sympathy person. But yep. empathy says, oh, I can see how that must be really hard for you. Let me sit by you. And do you want to tell me about it? Yeah. Empathy yeah. is about feeling the feelings that the person is is you know trying to really feel and understand what's going on with them and inside them. Yes, exactly. And without judgment as without well. Without judgment is yes. the big part of it. Yeah, which is huge. And I guess like coming back to that political instability bit that we're talking about like there is so much judgment right now Mm -hmm. oh you believe this well that means you're a stupid jerk and you also must believe this and you also must believe this and and you know did you grow up in a swamp because (laughs) like you have to to believe that there's all of that kind of stuff going at the moment right so much judgment Mm. and if (laughs) you can't do that to your spouse (laughs) You might get away with it on Facebook to randos, but you can't do it with the person you live with in a house. Not that you should, by the way. Um, (laughs) But, like, you can, but the consequences are far greater when you live with that person as well. So, yeah, we need to think about how can we practice those fruits of the Spirit, peace, love, joy, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Have some self-control. Don't blurt out all of your ideas and opinions at your partner if it's calling them stupid and it hurts You know what? And I would also say... Lay off social media. <laughs> yeah, it speaks to our lizard brains. Uh, what? <laughs> Do you know what that means? No. Oh, okay. So, there's different la- layers of brains for- in- Is this real science or is this something you like, <laughs> some weird conspiracy that you've gotten a hold of? No, it's not like a weird conspiracy, like the queen is a lizard. Like okay. a lizard, um, reptile brain is a part of your brain, so- um, the human brain has lots of different components. Yep. And one of the deep layers of that is the, the sort of reptile brain. And it doesn't have. And this is real. 
Like doctors believe in this, right? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I think okay. there's a proper word for it, but I can't okay. remember what it is now that you're putting me on the spot. And it's um, but that our our reason and our ability to think logically and critically and to to say, you know, this is what I'm feeling and that doesn't exist at that level of brain. It's the reactive, it's the flight or fight, it's the it's that really primal level of brain. All right, look, like- well, I think we're gonna have to <laughs> un- we're gonna have to unpack lizard brains a little bit more after the break, I think, because I'm still a bit confused and I'm not hundred percent certain that it's real. But um we're gonna we're gonna go to a break and we'll be back very soon with more on lizard brains, uh on Faith FM. <laughs> I'm like, what do you call it? <laughs> I love my God, but with no love of mine, for I have none to give. I love thee, Lord, but all the love is thine, for by thy life I live. And I am as nothing, I rejoice to be, emptied and swallowed up. Thou Lord alone art all thy children need And there is none beside From thee the streams of blessedness proceed In thee the blessed abide Fountain of life In all abounding grace Our source, center and our dwelling Interested in improving your parenting skills? What about learning how to pray? Maybe you're interested in living well and radically improving your health. Station partner Hope Channel Australia has a variety of free online courses to help you grow physically, mentally, and spiritually. Visit hopechannel.com forward slash au to find out more. Okay, welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo. We've been talking about growing and changing in your relationship and somehow we got onto the topic of lizard brains and I'm not (laughs) convinced that it's real. Uh, Bethany tried to explain it earlier. I'm going to give her another crack. What is a lizard brain? (laughs) Okay, so um, the human brain, you know how like if you take a brain and you look at it, it's got two halves. 
Yes. And then, like, so you've got your left hemisphere, right hemisphere. One is, like, more logical and reasoning. One's more, like, creative. You know that? Sure. part yeah, of your brain? I, yep. yep. So, your brain also has levels as well. So, there's the top level, which is, like, you know, you've got your prefrontal cortex. You've got your ability to reason, to think. You yep, develop that when like you become an adult. science words. Yep. Yes. Okay. And then underneath that is your fight or flight, your reactions, your instincts, and you don't have the ability to reason or to have self-control or to make good choices when you go into that mode of brain or thinking. And so when we're scrolling on social media, we actually are giving up our ability and we're just sort of like a big sponge taking everything in and we're not actually thinking about things, often we're just reacting to things. And does how, that make sense? But what does that got to do with lizard brain? So, at the, at the, that's the, <laughs> so the lizard brain is that, that reactive instinctual level of brain development, okay. not your mammal brain, which is more bigger and more in control and able to think and reason. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe we need to get in touch with Arlene Taylor um, at some point and see if she can help us out. Arlene Taylor is a really great place <laughs> if you want to think more about brains. Um, another one that's really good is... Um, a book that I recently read, it is called, oh my goodness, um, they wrote No Drama Discipline, but that's not the one that I read. It's, um, hang on, I'll have a look. Well, so it's not about lizards, though. It's not about lizards, it's about okay. brains, and it's about okay, how but- children's <laughs> brains aren't developed yet and how we can talk okay, to them. Okay, so the way that we got to lizard brains <laughs> is... So apparently it's a real part of the brain that is most impacted by social media. Cause I was saying that how do we, how do we navigate this when we're having big growth and change in our marriage and maybe we're growing in areas that our partner isn't? And I said lay off social media yes. because yes. often we like to throw bombs out there on social media. We like to put out stuff and share articles that we agree with. If your spouse has a totally different opinion to a certain thing, maybe just don't post on that thing. Like, so that when they're scrolling as well, they don't think of reasons why they should resent you. Like, we don't have to post. The the human being can exist and thrive without sharing things on social media. Can you believe Mm -hmm. that? Like, did Mm -hmm. you know that? Yes. Did you? Because And you can exercise as a believing person the fruits of the spirit when you're on social media as well. Peace, love, gentleness, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. You can do those things. In the online space as well as in the physical yeah, space. Because our words matter, whether they are spoken or they are written. The way we communicate with other human beings as part of the kingdom of God is incredibly important and we need to do better in this space. But Agreed. when it comes to the person you love, if you had a really like um, str- passionate hatred of, I don't know, some particular thing, but I loved it and I was always posting about it and you were having to read that. It's just unnecessary. It would hurt. It would hurt. It would hurt yeah. yeah. So the book that I read is called The Whole Brain Child, and it's by Dan Siegel, Daniel Siegel. If you want to look into brain science, Whole Brain Child. And is he a doctor or a or a zoologist? He's like, a, is he a reptile? He's a brain doctor, or? psychologist, brain doctor dude. Okay. Brain right doctor dude. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. So he's, <laughs> he's not a magician or anything. It's helpful for understanding children. It's also helpful for understanding how your own brain I was works. A joke he's about not the, a magician. The lizard stuff. Oh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't even know if he uses the term lizard brain, but I was just like, lizard brain. <laughs> okay. All right. So, the next thing that you can do apart from having empathy for your spouse and apart from exercising the fruits of the spirit in your marriage is acknowledge that it's normal to change. Do you think that's a good one? A hundred percent. And uh, that comes back to our marriage. And you will. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And you will 
grow and change. Yes. I-, I was talking with a friend the other day who's, who's younger, who's still a college student. And they were talking about one of their friends who all of a sudden has just really embraced all of these really intense views on certain things. There's no need to get into it. Right. But they're just like, what happened to that person? Like, wh- why did they, wh- why did this happen? Well, it's normal. We do just develop different beliefs and different passions and different things. Like yeah. it's just, you just don't know it when you're a teenager. You don't know <laughs> it when you're 21. Yeah. Like, because no one cares about that stuff, but as you get older, you do. Mm. And it's really normal to grow and change and to have your opinions on things. And we will continue. We're 37 now, but probably by 47, there'll be a whole bunch of different stuff that we care about that we didn't care about before or things that we want to do that we didn't want to do before mm. That because that's just the reality of getting old. Yeah. Another oh, another one I just thought of, grief and loss. When you lose something, like the loss of a child, the loss of a family member, um, that can be really huge as well. Like when one partner's like, you should be sad every day because I'm sad every day because of this terrible thing that happened to us um, or that you expect your partner to be angry or sad or grieving in the way that you are also grieving when they're like, well, I don't want to talk about it or whatever it might be that they're not doing it the same way as you. That can be a really huge divider in a marriage as well. Something yeah. I just thought of. Yeah, true. Yeah. And something that we need to navigate how to love one another well through that. Are you ready to look at some biblical advice of how yeah, to I love one we another well? Let's have a look. I think so too. So first of all, I want to say is those, those fruits of the spirit, Galatians chapter five, verse 22, you can practice those at any time, the fruits of the spirit in your life, in your marriage, in the way that you treat other human beings, but in particular your spouse. That's what love looks like is practicing those things. Would you agree? 100%. Yeah. And I said, that's just basic. So if you haven't got a handle on those, keep reading Get about it. Get your life together. Get your no, life together in Jesus. Keep reading about it. Keep praying about it. Ask yeah. God, you know, like, ask God, like, God, I'm not very patient. Help me work on that. Help me to be more patient. Help me to be more yeah. kind. Help me oh, to be more good. I'm look, not very gentle, Lord. I, I never knew how to do that because my family wasn't good at that. But I want to be that for my spouse. Like, pray about it. Talk to God sure. about like, it. Because, look, we've all seen like friends of ours where one partner is not patient Mm. and, and, you know, like this is just something I really want to drive home at the moment is that the patience that God expects you to have as a fruit of the spirit with the people you interact with, he also expects you to have it with your spouse. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like there's a different set of rules Mm. for the way you interact with other people as a Christian and the way you interact with your spouse. Mm. It's the same, it's the same process. Yes. It's the same embodiment of, the character of God and the Holy Spirit living through you that should be manifest in all areas. Yes. And I was just thinking about that, actually. A really good book, if you want to practice patience in your life, is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I can't remember the guy who wrote that. John Mark Comer. John Mark Comer, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, that that we need to practice and we've gotten out of the habit of practicing how to be patient. So we lose it with the people around us. And he talks really beautifully about some of those practical ways that you can practice being a more patient person, which I thought was really helpful and really cool. Um, another part of biblical advice is first Corinthians chapter seven. Do we, are we ready to read that? Yeah, let's get okay. into it. So first Corinthians chapter seven and verses 12, actually through to 17. Would you like to read it, chat? Sure. It says, to the rest, I say this. And then in brackets, it says, I'm not the Lord, which is a really interesting thing that we probably don't have time to go into. But this is Paul saying, hey, 
I didn't get direct counsel on this, but this is from my experience and wisdom as a Christian man, what I think you need to understand. Yeah, which I guess is another thing about when we read certain parts of the Bible, especially the letters in the New Testament, it's from somebody to somebody, and he's giving them advice in practical Christian because living. Because they asked for it. Yes. The start of chapter 7 is just like, I got your letter. I know that you need help in this. Here's my advice. So, yes. Yeah, anyway, don't have time to get into that. But it <laughs> I'm says, not the Lord. Good. It says, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believer husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or the sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live li—sorry, to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether, you're, whether you will save your husband, or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Yeah, which I think is cool, but also weird, because weren't we talking about Trump a minute ago and COVID and politics? And what has this got to do with anything? It seems kind of weird. (laughs) It does. (laughs) So I really like this part of the Bible. It seems really weird because it's talking about believers and non-believers and divorce, but what it essentially is saying is that if your partner is different to you, and for the early church it was, are you a Christian or are you not a Christian, which is still a, a big deal, and people were becoming Christians who their partner wasn't becoming Christian along with them. And so it was changing the dynamic in their relationship. And he's saying, if your partner's willing to stay with you, stay and work it out. If your partner is different to you and you're having trouble, but you can work through it, work through it and be the bigger person as the Christian person and love your partner well. Stay anyway, love them anyway, continue to persevere in your circumstances, which I think is a big deal. And then I love how he says, don't you know that through the way that you treat your spouse, they could be saved? As well, because part of loving one another, part of loving one another the way that God loves the church is that we help our husband or our wife work through their salvation as well, come to God, draw closer to God through yeah. being in a relationship If you with look us. at it in the NLT, for example, it says that don't you know that by staying with them it could lead to their salvation? Is mm. the idea there that you know your influence over them and they're seeing the fruit of the Spirit played in your life could be the thing that, that wins them over to Christ? That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, which is really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, and so keep honouring your spouse. Keep loving your spouse. Do well by your spouse. Stay married anyway and love well, Yeah, which I think is really important. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back for a short moment uh, straight after this break. Hey there, compadres. This is Robbie Morgan, and if you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then join me each week on Thursday afternoons for Real Faith. We'll be digging deep into the scriptures and having some fun with our weekly interactive discussions. I'd love you to be there, so make sure to tune in. Check Faith FM program for showtimes, 3.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Terms and conditions apply. Want to hear more of your favorite presenters? Download the free Faith FM app for Apple and Android and stream hundreds of podcasts whenever you like. Welcome back to The Marriage Project. You're listening to Bethany and Chapo. If you've just tuned into Faith FM, we are talking about growing and changing in marriage. We've been talking about 
what happens when the 25-year-old person who was really hot and really fun and really spontaneous and really frivolous is suddenly an older person who is less attractive, who gets cranky at you, who leaves the dishes in the sink, who believes totally different things to you about politics and you're angry and you're frustrated and you don't know how to live that life. <laughs> You've got the answer for that? No, I don't have the total answer. <laughs> but some ideas. So we've been talking about how to love well and to stay married and to keep drawing close to each other. And again, if you don't have the resources, if you're struggling between the two of you to work it out, Get marriage therapy. That's what it's there for. It's to add that extra person to help you figure out your stuff. Yeah. I highly recommend Gottman trained therapists, but there's because you are one. There's just I love Gottman therapy. He does a really great job of really practical tools that you can use in your marriage. Um, but anyone who's a marriage and family therapist, find somebody who can is a good fit for you. Yeah, I think the the main thing that I would like to draw attention to from just summarising everything we've discussed, is that the change and the growth that we have been talking about is normal. Mm. It is something mm-hmm. that does happen. Um, we do grow. We do change. We do not like it often. And often we want to resist change because it makes us long for how things were before it changed. But we will because yes. it's just part of human nature, grow and change, develop interests, develop views, develop all this sort of stuff that just wasn't a part of our life in our early 20s. Yeah, exactly. And then we were talking about Paul's counsel to married people. Yeah. Um, and, and it was like, well, what if one of you is a believer and the other isn't? What should you do? And he says, well, stay together and try to have the strongest marriage you can, even though there are differences in your view on the world. Yeah, love each other anyway, which I think is a big deal, which is cool. Um, John chapter 15, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this, John chapter 15, verse 16, You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my commandment, love each other. Which seems sort of weird and out of whack in all of this. But what I wanted to say is that God expects us to change. It's part of being a disciple is that we grow and we change and we follow after God. And part of spending time in prayer, in time Bible study, in time being part of a Christian community and knowing who we are as a person of faith means that we're always striving and growing and becoming what God has for us as well, which is like not staying the same. And the other thing is that it says, I've chosen you to bear fruit. And you look at a plant and if a plant isn't making fruit that's supposed to make fruit, you get annoyed at it. It's a waste of space. It's just green and it's just there doing nothing growing fruit, changing and going through those processes of making a new thing is important and normal and natural for a plant as it is also for us. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Some of the stuff I was reading earlier um, in the different articles about couples who have somehow managed to survive even though they uh, support different political parties and stuff was they just said, oh, we just don't focus on that. (laughs) We just don't make that a thing that is a core part of our relationship. And maybe that's sometimes important too. Like if it's not something that is constantly in your face, just think, hang on, in my ideal marriage, in my dream marriage, the goals that I have for this union that we have together, does this thing play a major part of it? And if it doesn't, well, then no. Well, then we'll focus on things that we we can just not worry too much about that. That's it. Your marriage isn't one thing. Your marriage is so many things. So don't get caught on the one thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's really cool. I like yeah. that. I've got a quote from Timothy Keller. Can I share it with you? Sure. He wrote a book called The Meaning of Marriage, and he says, within the Christian vision of marriage, here is what it means to fall in love. It's to look at another person and get a glimpse of what God is creating, to say, I see who God is making you, and it excites me. I want to be a part of that. I want to partner with you and God on the journey that you are taking towards his throne. And when we get there, I would look at your magnificence and I will say, I always knew that you could be like this. I got a glimpse of it on earth, but now look at you. How cool is that? That is awesome. That when we reach the throne of God, that when we are with God after this life, after this earth, and we look at our spouse, we'll be like, wow, look at the magnificence of this person, this creature, this child of God. I got to be a part of their journey. I got to be a part of loving them along the way. When I first married them, I saw a little bit of it, but now I see the whole thing. And I think that's really beautiful. That is really beautiful. And I think that's a good place for us to wrap up today. Yeah. So this has been a cool discussion to have with you all. And um, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to be here again. Um, Stick around for what's coming up next on Faith FM. And we look forward to being back with you next week.